This episode of Business Connection is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor Esser Hayes Insurance Group, serving the Naperville community by putting an expert in your corner since 1941. Hi, I'm Liz Spencer and welcome to Business Connection, introducing you to the names and faces of Naperville area entrepreneurs and business owners. Today we'll meet with Clearview Sales Solutions, but stay tuned for Before College Consulting, all here on Business Connection. Business Connection. I'm Liz Spencer. We have a wonderful guest in studio today. It's Brian McDermott, and he is from Before College Consulting. Brian, tell me a little bit about your organization and, and how and why you got it all going. Sure. So just to give a little background on me uh -huh. and why I got started with it was I'm a two-time college transfer student myself. Uh, I started coaching juniors, uh, junior college volleyball when I was 19. So I was a volunteer assistant at Harper College in Palatine. Okay. Ended up doing two more years of Division Three NCAA college coaching and then I was 25 and I landed a Division One coaching job. So wow, awesome. I thought this was what I wanted to do. I was going to do this as one of the younger coaches in the country. And the one of the things you have to do when you're going to be a college coach is you have to recruit very well. Mm -hmm. And as someone that transferred twice myself, when I saw what coaches around me had to say to get kids to go to their schools, it's not necessarily that they don't tell the truth, but they're going to focus on only the finer points of schools. Mm -hmm. And as someone that transferred twice myself because of a lack of information, I just felt ethically uh, it wasn't the right fit for me. So I kind of went back home and flipped the script a little bit. So I started working with 11 to 18 year olds uh, coaching volleyball. And at one of my stops, I ended up being a college liaison. So I started working with families that were looking to play at college. And what I found was a lot of the information they were given was misinformation, and that was if they knew anything about the process at all. So I started my own company for volleyball five years ago to help anyone that was looking to play at the college level. And right off the bat, I started to get a lot of non-athletes referred to me because I created a process where the only thing that changed between a non-athlete and an athlete was that a non-athlete might not contact the volleyball coach when reaching out to the school. Maybe they talked to the head of their field of study. Mm. Maybe they talked to the admissions counselor. So once we saw and started doing some research on the statistics of what's going on with colleges and people that are going and enrolling and if they're finishing or not, uh, we started before college consulting about a year and a half ago with the goal of helping every single family find the best fit for them after high school at the best price. That's wonderful. And I like the fact that it's the best fit for them. Um, I think there's a lot of emphasis on keeping up with the Joneses, and there's a lot of other misleading or elephants in the room that we don't think about. Tell me some of those elephants that I need to be thinking about. You're right. So, so here's kind of the uglier truth of college right now. But of all the kids that are enrolling in college, six years later, only 57% have a degree to show for it. The average amount of time it's taking kids to achieve their bachelor's degree is 4.8 years. So that means that more kids are taking five plus years to graduate versus four, and that comes with a heftier price tag. The amount of student debt in the country right now is $1.5 trillion. It's more than credit card debt. And that bubble, to me, is looking a lot like the bubble that burst in 2007 with mortgages. So it's something that I think we have to get ahead of as quickly as possible. That's tremendously scary stats. And that last statement about a bubble bursting because families are struggling to pay that, especially if they have multiple children. 
What's what's your 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 take on that? What's your solution? How do you help with that? So the good news and what we're trying to, to get people to understand is it's never been easier for families to do the due diligence and research in colleges the same way you or I might buy a car or buy a home, right? So back you know, 10, 20 years ago, a lot of people were based their information based on letters and just what was being sent to them. Now there are free websites that families can really think about what's important to the student to, you know, whether it's their field of study, their geographic location, school size, class size, things like that. And they can find a list of schools right off the bat that match their criteria and what's important to them. And from there, teaching them how to reach out to those schools and build relationships because when you just apply blindly, we call it a stealth applicant, you pay a sticker price. And when you pay the sticker price, you're most of the time leaving thousands of dollars on the table. Much of the debt that people take on is completely unnecessary. And a lot of the reasons, unfortunately, is just because they haven't been taught to do it. So once we get them to be able to understand how to research schools that directly fit their goals versus just looking for the schools that have the most prestigious name, that's when we can get kids to, to find a school that's going to help them without breaking their bank. So when they come in and they sit down with you, it's mom and dad and, and child. Exactly. And, and sometimes I got to be arbitrator. Sometimes mm -hmm. I got to play counselor, life coach. What we're really doing, I'm not here to push schools on kids or vice versa. The goal for me right off the bat, every single kid I've worked with is different. So I want to get to know them and what their goals are. I don't want to say what's the best school for you. I want to say, when you graduate college, do you have any idea of what you want to do? And at 18, it's okay if you have no idea, but we want to get the gears turning. If they're going to go to a four-year school, we want to make sure we know why they're going and that they're going to get their bang for the buck. You know, you don't want to take $100,000 out of loans if you're going to go into a career that might only start you at $30,000 a year. Uh, if you don't know what you want to do, we want to help you. There's great community colleges that can help you kind of get your feet wet. You can get your gen eds taken care of, and you can start thinking about what you want to do at the next level for pennies on the dollar. And in 2019, trades schools are a great opportunity for people that might want to go into an industry that doesn't require a college education. There's not a right or wrong path like many people say, so our goal is to really get to know that individual and make sure whatever path we set them on is best for their goals and, and so that the dream school for them truly sets up their dream life. Would you say that the idea that you understand that not uh, Every kid is different and not one size fits all. Is that one of the things that sets you apart from your competition? Because there's a lot of college counseling services out there, but you're different, and how so? There's a lot of college databases, I would mm -hmm. almost call them, right? They, they ask the right questions, but they don't vet the answer. So you'll fill out a questionnaire that asks all the right things your field of study, but they're not asking about, have you gone and done an internship for it? Have you shadowed someone that's in that career? Have you, re you, know, have you done any research on someone that doesn't and asked them about you know the the dirty work as I would call it in the profession do you know what the entry-level salary is for someone that's going into that field those are things that should be considered and unfortunately I think a lot of those organizations especially the for-profit ones they're not concerned about what happens after you find a school their goal is to find you a school and then once you're committed there they can go on to the next kid and for us especially as someone that transferred twice myself I want to make sure that every single kid when they sign on the dotted line they know that they did everything they could this is exactly exactly where they're going to be. So college isn't a stressful choice. It's something that they're truly excited for.
Well, I, I think your background, having transferred twice and, and have kind of been a little bit in the, in the tumble, if you would, really gives you a, a unique perspective. Is that why it seems so personal to you? Absolutely, and I want to make something clear. The first school I went to, I had friends that thrived there. They worked mm -hmm. for corporate, for Amazon, for Oracle, for corporate State Farm. It wasn't the right fit for me. Right. The third school I went to that I was a straight-A student at, I did very well at, I had classmates that had a very similar experience to the first school I went to. So something that I think we don't talk about enough is, again, it's not we get caught up in the name of the school of being good or bad. It's really about the individual and teaching people to find the most compatible school for them. That's how we help people. Right now, there's over 3,800 schools in the country, and most people have no idea that 99% of them exist. And a lot of those schools have a lot of money they want to give you to go there because they're not as well known. So helping families find those schools and find a place where when their kid goes there, they, they feel like, you know what, we're in a good place. That's my ultimate goal. That's awesome. Well, you are playing a very important role for, for families to not only get us their child to the right college, but even to help them make that choice. And it's a pivotal time, and oftentimes I think parents get too close, and sometimes we need that outside voice to have the knowledge and, and to play all those many roles that you do. Thanks, Brian, for stopping by. No problem. Telling us all about it. Thanks for what you do. You're making a vital difference in our lives. We My appreciate pleasure. that. We're going to be right back with more Business Connection. Stay tuned. Welcome to Business Connection. I'm Liz Spencer. We have a wonderful guest in studio today. It's Mark Taylor. He's president and founder of Clearview Sales Solution. Mark, welcome. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about your company and what you do. Well, you know, I've got a, uh, an interesting observation. Okay. That, you know, I've never found any company or business stakeholder that didn't want to make more money. I, I think you're true. <laughs> very true on that. And there's really only two ways to do that. You okay. can either cut costs mm -hmm. uh, or you can either grow your sales. And after a while, cutting costs, you get some diminishing returns and then you can't support the business growth and things. So I take a different approach. Mine is to help businesses grow, get their cash flow growth through revenue growth and, and sales growth. That's, that's wonderful because I, I think that is probably a place where companies struggle most is with yeah. sales growth growth. What compelled you to do this? Why Why this? This is hard. Yeah, I've worked for a lot of large companies in sales and marketing leadership roles, and one of the fun things to, that I thought was was fun was developing strategy uh, for both sales and marketing uh, groups, and then being able to implement and execute that strategy uh, and, and work with the sales teams and have that be uh, a successful strategy. Now you're always optimizing the strategy. It's never one strategy fits all and it's continued to evolve. So I really enjoy that, that part of it. And that's what compelled me because now uh, as w with Clearview Sales Solutions, I can work with multiple different companies uh, and, I, and I get to go in and help them grow the business and cash flow. Right, and you get to do that part you really like, which is strategy and development. That's right, and implementation. And implement over and over again. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the types of companies that you work with. Typically, they sell business to business or B2B. Okay. And, and so, or the want to sell B2B. I work starting with uh, venture capital. Uh, I work, I can work with venture capital companies. And what I do there is, as you may know, venture capital is very, very risky for some, uh, for the investors. Mm -hmm. So they like to make sure that they have as much deep dive intelligence as possible. One of the things they often overlook is developing a good sales plan 
who are we going to target our products uh, to? Uh, what value proposition do we have? Who's that going to be compelling to? So we, we get that data, data up front, understand how we're going to go to market. Is it going to be a direct sales team? Is it going to be uh, a manufacturer reps? What geographical area? So uh, I think the venture capital thing is, is very, very important. The, the second component of folks that I work with uh, would be private equity companies. And private equity companies, um, it's not quite as risky as venture capital, but a lot of times they'll bring a CFO, a CEO, and maybe some HR folks in to do the due diligence of an organization. They, they, they sometimes overlook and often overlook the whole sales and marketing piece. And the sales and marketing piece is what is really going to generate cash flow for the investors of the private equity company. So it's important uh, that we go in and we understand what's in place, what's not in place, uh, where we need some work, and, and that may change the complexity of the deal for the private equity company. Company. But um, so that's often overlooked. And the third component would be folks that are already in existence. Maybe it's a second, third generation family member that's just taken over a business, or maybe the business has just grown to a point now they're just kind of plateaued. And so I go in and we take a look at what they're doing and you know how we how we can get that that kick started again. And uh, so those are the three types of really the three types of businesses I work with. That seems like an awful lot to do. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. That's great. So there's <clears throat> lots of business consulting firms out there. What what makes you unique? You're right. There's there's a lot of really good consultants out there. A lot of good business coaches, and, and I think that's wonderful. Um, because I've, I've worked for corporations, I've had to do both the strategy development, the consultation, as well as the implementation. And so I kind of offer the one-two punch for my clients. I do the consulting and the strategy development, but I'm there to make sure that the sales team's in place. I make sure that the sales team can execute the strategy, monitor that execution, and make, make improvements and optimization where need be. So I kind of have that one-two punch versus just... Here's, just the one. Yeah. And yeah. So the what, what ends up happening a lot of times, coaches or consultants may just say, "Well, here, here, here's a plan. Good luck." Right. It's frustrating yeah. a little bit. And so uh, what happens is that's kind of why the consultants are to begin with, because perhaps the business owner or leader did not have the time or energy or the knowledge to be able to mm -hmm. execute a good sales sales plan. So I think it's very, very important to have that second step in the process. I, I think a lot of leaders often hire someone to help get that idea going and then just yeah need that that next yeah. step right. right of motivating the team working with the team deciding if we need more team resources everything that you do so. it's it's challenging for business leaders to be able to manage all the different components of, of our organization they have manufacturing they have operations they have hr they have logistics they have all all the stuff to manage and and, uh, and the sales portion of that is really the engine that drives the entire organization because without a sales team or some way to get your product to market you don't need all that other stuff uh, and it's often unfortunately the most neglected part of the business it is and I find it interesting because you come in <clears throat> as a consultant, so um, you are you can be like a you're better than a part time or even putting a full time. Where some people may want to put a full time person on there, right. but you're actually a, your idea is a much better idea. Why is that? So, uh, for for a lot of reasons, you know, business process outsourcing has been around for quite some time. Right. Whether it be from the HR standpoint or from a financial standpoint, CFO, CEO, and and it it, it works because it allows business owners that can't afford that uh, high level of expertise a chance to tap into that right. uh, as a resource and. 
And, and quite frankly, once the system gets up and going, the, the sales process that I can build uh, for organization, you don't need a full-time person to manage that. Um, you know, I know that I did a lot of traveling in, my, in the corporate world, and I spent you know, 60, 75% of my time traveling. Well. Yeah. So that meant only 25% of my time was, was at the office actually working and, and, and so, but basically my entire time is spent with, with clients managing their sales team. Wow, well, and I think that I think the interesting thing is to, uh, point you made is to be able to tap into a really high level salesperson. Yes. Because you're right, we will leaders will hesitate to hire that because it takes away from the operations and getting the, the product to market. Yes, and, and um, there's a lot of, uh, of defocus, if you will. Uh, you know, sales leaders have to travel a lot. They have to go mm -hmm. to shows, they have mm -hmm. to do things, and that's all very, very important stuff. But if a business owner simply wants just that wholesome sales lead, uh, they can get things done, drive the business home, and help their team grow, uh, then outsourcing is a perfect example. It saves them a ton of money, a ton of money. A ton of money. So talk to me a little bit about how you <clears throat> how you get started with a client. How does somebody know that um, they, they're the right fit for you and vice versa? Sure. So, uh, you know, first off, it's... Um, uh, we can we can handle it through a simple phone call, uh, either a virtual coffee or okay. I can meet him for a coffee uh, somewhere or lunch or something. Spend just a few minutes and just try to understand what their needs are. What, what are the challenges? Where are they at? Where do they want to be? Tell me about your sales team. Tell me about your marketing. Tell me about your sales process. And believe it or not, a lot of people I talk to don't even have a sales process. They just say, well, the, the sales team just goes out and sells. And uh, so it's, uh, I'll know right away within those few minutes of time whether or not I can, you know, it's going to be a good fit for both of us because it really has to be a good fit for both of us. Um, there, there has to be a need, uh, there has to be a willingness to change, and there has to be the finances to be able to do it. And those are the three things that we could find out in that, in that first initial conversation. It's interesting. I think lots of people get into <clears throat> business and grow a business because they know about the product or the service they're selling. They don't necessarily know how to run a business. Right. Or the sales part, and that's exactly what you do. It's a yes, because things evolve. Mm -hmm. um, you know, look at the different generational uh, impacts that we have with whether it be millennials or Gen Xs or whomever it is. Uh, they all have different buying patterns. They all do things a little bit different. Now, your product may stay the same, but you, you probably have to put maybe optimize your process just a little bit differently uh, to make sure that you're being compelling to your target audience. It's it's fascinating. <clears throat> so you talk a lot about lead generation. Yes. And, and, and all that. Tell me why that's so important. Lead generation is really the, 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 the fuel that, that fires the whole process. Um, so if you don't have any leads, you don't have any opportunities, you're not going to sell anything, and therefore the business is not going to thrive. So I, I take a lot of time, I spend a lot of time making sure that not only do are we generating the leads from the right people, the right markets, uh, but also we qualify those leads so we don't have all the gunk in the system. I, 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 uh, you know, if you had a, a process, piece of processing equipment uh, that you spent several thousand dollars on, a very expensive piece of machinery, and you just began throwing random uh, raw materials in there, uh, manufacturing components in there, and you're expecting to get this particular pristine widget out the other end, it's probably not going to happen very often. Your machine's going to gunk up, and it's just not going to be a very, very pretty process. That's like a sales team. So that sales team is that expensive processing equipment that processes opportunities and, and gets orders and, and business. Um, the raw materials are the leads. So if you can consider that same process only with your sales team, uh, that's why it's important to start at the lead generation. And another key factor is, is understanding that there's a finite amount of resources to be able to spend on marketing to generate those leads. So we can't 
uh, shotgun approach. Mm -hmm. We have to really understand what our value proposition is, what our core competencies are, and then who that's going to be compelling towards in the marketplace. How do you ensure that the sales team is going to follow that process? I mean, because you're you're the you're a change agent really mm -hmm. coming in, and that can sometimes be good and sometimes bad. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I I try not to use the word change agent, even though that's what I'm doing. It's I think people like the word optimization, and so I'm not going to change anything because obviously the, the company's been around for a while, has been successful. They've right. done something right over the course of the years, but something at some point in time just got a little bit off. Right. So we need to go back through and re-optimize that uh, that that engine to. Make make it run a little bit better. So the best way to do that is to have one sales process that everybody follows, and then, then the sales lead, myself, can manage that process. I can look into the pipeline and, and, and see what stages of the pipeline are we getting held up in. You know, going from discovery to stage to solution creation to quoting, you know, having a little bit of problem with that. You know, there's too much dwell time in between those two steps. What's the matter? Is it a skill development issue? Is it a is it a uh, tool issue? So, <clears throat> really having vision of the entire sales process uh, with a with the pipeline tools is very very important. People have CRMs. They're wonderful. There's a lot of great CRMs out there that collect data, um, but we're not always extracting the right data to make sure that we're obviously selling to the right marketplaces. If if the, if you're not managing who they're calling or seeing who they're calling on, how's it, how are you going to manage that process? How are you going to know who they're calling if you don't, if you don't have vision to that? So a good pipeline CRM will be able to, uh, to will be able to do that for you. And and when you're meeting with that person um, and you've had the coffee and that, and you've asked them a lot of questions, um, you had mentioned off camera that you do an assessment. Right. Talk to me a little bit about that. So it's basically a best practice sales audit. I, I work with a, a network of folks across the United States called Sales QB, and they have a they have a, a program that we use that we take about two or three dozen inputs um, uh, from lead generation to sales performance management on all the things that the, the business is currently doing. We benchmark those against the best practices of some of the <clears throat> most successful companies out there and kind of gives us a, a delta, like here we are, here's where we should be. Here we are, here's where we should be. A lot of times they're doing things wonderfully and actually better than some of these big companies. But more often than not, there's some things in there that need to be optimized. And so that's the next step. And then we can sit down, I can sit down with the, with the principal and say, here are my recommendations. Uh, so these are the tools that we're gonna need to, to manage that. Uh, this is how much time I'm gonna need to manage your sales team. If you'd like to move forward, this is what we have to do. And uh, so, uh, but I, I don't slide a, a piece of paper across the table and say, here you go, good luck with that. Mm -hmm. I'm actually there on site, uh, hands-on sales management. And, and <coughs> how many people in your company? Just me. Just you? Yeah. So how do you, how do you balance all this? So I, I've got some great resources, obviously. Uh, um, my wife is one of them. Uh -huh. uh, but, uh, you know, I... I, I can pick and choose the companies that, we, that I work with, mm -hmm. and those are limited. I can, you know, have work with a handful at a time, uh, but it, it's uh, it's a process I'm very, very familiar with, mm -hmm. and, and very, very confident in that works. Uh, I've worked for companies. Uh, the uh, one company is uh, B2B Logistics in Batavia, Illinois. Well, they sell services. They're selling. They're freight brokers. Uh, so that's one aspect. I've worked with packaging companies. Uh, so I've worked with security companies, printing companies. So there's a lot of different aspects to it but I'm confident enough in the process that will, that will overlay to any industry. So Mark, I would imagine that once you start with a company, there's a lot of heavy lifting, and then as you meet with the principal and the sales team and, these, and your process 
starts to work and everything gets moving again, that your time gets less and less. You're right. The, initially, with the assessments and analytics that we do, the diagnostics that we do, there is a lot more time spent there. Uh, but uh, uh, over time, um, you know, companies can choose to take two paths. They continue to have me as a part-time sales manager to make sure that things are still being executed and optimized the way they want, or they can hire a full-time sales manager. A lot of times, uh, they'll want to keep the part-time outsourced sales manager because A, the cost, right. uh, but you get to larger companies, $100, $150 million companies, and, and typically, those are the type of companies that will want somebody on full-time. As, as we wrap this up, is there one tip you would leave a business owner with today? Um, I had an opportunity to work with a consultant years ago, and uh, he had a really kind of neat one-liner. He said, uh, know who you are and who you're for. So in other words, understand what your company does and your value proposition, and understand who that's going to be best marketed to. And you're going to save yourself a lot of cost, heartache, and you become a value-added sell, so, which actually also uh, provides higher profit sales. So I think that just understanding your value proposition and who that's compelling to would be a great tip to, to understand. That's awesome. Mark, thanks for stopping by and really sh telling us all about your company, but more importantly, shedding a light on, on what you do and how you can help business because but it's hard to be a business owner these days. Yes. So you are giving them some valuable, valuable resources. I'm, I'm glad I could and hopefully I can have a chance to, uh, to help somebody. That's great. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. We're going to be back with more Business Connections. Stay tuned. If you're interested in a television appearance on Business Connection, as a way to reach out to your community or to gain exposure for your company, contact NCTV17 at 630-355-2124. I'm Liz Spencer, and thank you for watching Business Connection. This episode of Business Connection is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor Esser Hayes Insurance Group, serving the Naperville community by putting an expert in your corner since 1941.